Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to Fix Pro Tips, and I'm your host, Coach Fig. Today's episode will be titled Cola. I want you guys to sit with me and have some of this cola, and uh, I'll see if you guys like the way this cola tastes by the end of this pod. Um, uh, but to break down the uh, what what you can expect in this pod, I will be breaking down uh, what uh, cola is and what it means. Um, I will touch on uh, some of the NBA trades, uh, specifically surrounding uh, James Harden, uh, some of the drama unfolding around Draymond Green, and uh, you know his antics. Uh, we'll make a brief comparison between um, NFL wide receivers Mike Evans and Devontae Adams, um, and, and I will uh, dive into the lack of respect for teachers and how that transitions into everyday life because this is something that's been going on for way too long and um i i just feel like i i need to speak on it you know i want to give my 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 uh my take on it and uh last but not least i will shed some light on overcoming mental health and how i feel uh most people can uh, learn to deal with this moving forward and um, uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So with that being said, let's get right to it. So in this episode, I'm going to just get right to it. I'm going to get right to the nitty gritty and I'm going to dive right into cola. I'm sure a lot of you guys are sitting here thinking, what is cola? A lot of you guys, when you first hear cola, you might be thinking of a Coca-Cola. You might be thinking of a Pepsi-Cola. I'm not speaking on neither one, Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't understand what the acronym COLA is for, it stands for Cost of Living Adjustments, okay? And uh, for those of you that don't understand why this is important, uh, why it's relevant, um, this really affects your day-to-day and and how you can, uh, not how you can, but how you actually go and uh, get through life on a day-to-day basis. This This is dealing directly with your household income. This is dealing with... Uh, how much money is being generated and how much money is needed to survive. And this is all, obviously, it goes hand in hand with inflation costs and, you know, uh, why it's becoming harder for people to become homeowners, uh, why so many small businesses are closing down. And and it's just, it's it's a very big strain on this country right now. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people aren't aware of the changes that have been taking place. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the top of it, which is um, the the national average for one to be able to afford uh, a home is now uh, a hundred about 115 grand is what your annual income needs to be, and that that's up. I mean, just two years ago, it was about 75, 74k. Uh, about two years ago. So that's like, it doubled, right? It doubled in the last two years. It, it's not the same. Um, and so you ask yourself, well, what's the big difference? Well, the big difference is that just two years ago, uh, the average household income was sitting somewhere around 50K a year. And now we're looking at like 61K. So, that's an eleven thousand dollar improvement to some degree on a personal uh, financial scale, 
But how do you close off this gap where the average household income, uh, household income necessary to purchase a home once upon a time was about 74K? From 74K uh, to be able to afford a home to 115K, that is a significant jump. So an extra 11000 a year is not going to make up for that difference. Are you guys following me? Um, uh, the current average right now is about 75K. So it's up from a year ago by $1,000. But for you to purchase a home, these numbers, they don't match. They don't add up, okay? The average household income, okay, currently sitting at around 61K a year. Now, there are many factors that go into this this income and how it's broken down and and. Um, we're talking about dual incomes, uh, multiple people bringing money to the table. Okay. If you are a single individual, most of you are not making 61 K a year. A lot of people are South of 40 K. All right. That's the reality that we have to acknowledge and we have to look at. So people aren't even bringing home a grand a week and you're supposed to be able to, uh, afford a home where the minimum requirement is 115k the numbers don't add up okay send the receipts show me some kind of proof get me on board but from what i'm looking at from what i'm reading it doesn't add up and this is across the country this is not like specific to one state sure some state state may average a bit more here and there but for the most part this is a steady number. This is a consistent number, okay? So your average back in uh, 2021 was $73,668. That was published on November 15, 2022, okay? So you fast forward today. Today is actually what? November 15, 2023, okay? So that number was what? 73668 Today, that number is listed at 75,500. Okay, the the numbers don't lie. So they don't add up. There's no way you're going to cover that much of a gap when you're looking at 75K versus 115K. You're talking about, what's that? About a $50,000, $60,000 gap you have to cover? Where, where are you going to make up that if you're a single income household, if you're a single income individual, how are you going to put these numbers together? We're not even, we're not discussing property taxes. We're not talking insurance. We're not talking about your day-to-day needs, right? You have utilities you have to cover. You need your food. You, you most likely, depending on where you live, you have a vehicle, you need vehicle insurance, you need gas, unless you went electric like I did, <laughs> Um, but jokes aside, how, how, how do these numbers favor you? They don't. And it's only going to get worse. Uh, I, I spoke about on a, on a different pod, uh, some time ago, and I was kind of giving a warning about, uh, what could be expected down the line. And a lot of people were like, oh, no, you know, you're kind of tripping on it. You know, you're kind of jumping too far ahead. No, I'm, I'm actually right on target. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm just trying to bring this information to the to the people to the public because unfortunately the people tend not to do their own research they tend not to do their own reading so uh if if you're a person that's okay with listening well 
here you go. You can tune into this and you can listen to this information and hopefully, you know, you can be better prepared, man. I, t- I try to tell everybody, man, try to put a little something to the side because things are going to get rough. They get, they're going to get really rough. It's going to be almost impossible for individuals to survive. I mean, we're, we're looking at, you know, uh, um, a recession for sure. People don't like to speak on that. It's certainly uh, moving in that direction. Uh, I spoke on it my last part about this is not a good time to put your money into a home. I would certainly wait it out. Um, if you look at uh, commercial real estate is doing bad. Um, and it's the same, same as just your average, your regular real estate. People aren't really buying and the ones that are buying is because they really, really have it. But for the most part, everyone's trying to sell. They're trying to dump this off on everyone else before it's too late. You don't want to be uh, the hero that comes to save the day for someone else and then you be the one stuck with that mortgage. The interest rates on these houses are up to about 7 8%. So all of these brokers that are lying to your face, telling you, oh, this is a good time. This is not this is not a buyer's market, okay? Be patient. If you if you manage to put some money away, if you've been patient this much time, guess what? Be patient just a little longer. Be patient just a little longer, and it'll all make sense. It'll all be worth it then, okay? When the market crashes, if if you can put up some cash money, put some cash money, you'll be able to go in there and get a steal. For for real, for you'll be able to go in there and get the house that you want versus the house you can afford right now. Because right now this is not the market for not for the average individual at least. Okay, if you if you if you got you know six figures in the bank, you got seven figures sitting around, then then this market might be a bit more friendly to you. But for the average individual that's making you know south of fifty grand a year, you're not affording these homes. Okay, you have just enough to buy the house and lose it uh, in flo- in uh, foreclosure. Okay, so don't do that to yourself. You're better off holding on to that money, maybe looking into other areas where you can invest that money, make that money, bring more money back to you. Um, but I would certainly not be putting my money into a house. This is not the time for that. So once again, for those of you that um, are not familiar with it, COLA stands for what? Cost of living adjustments, okay? The adjustments that are being made are not enough. They do not keep you in in, in, um, in uh, contention with the current market okay inflation has impacted us to a point where it's it's becoming very uncomfortable for a lot of folks people who can't afford uh milk they can't afford you know to go buy bread they can't afford gas they can't afford their rent they can't afford a mortgage and and it's it's going to continue to be that way um i i believe it gets worse before it gets better like i said and um I I just want to keep you guys in the loop, keep you guys aware of what's going on, man. So COLA stands for what? Cost of living adjustments. This applies to people with Social Security. Uh, you, you rely on this check to come in the mail. That's great. You might get it every month or, or, or however you have it set up. But guess what? That check, although the cost of living has gone up, that check remains the same. So that the cost of living adjustment does not uh, meet the minimum requirement for the average individual. So that means that you're going to find more people out here struggling, more people out here desperate to sell their homes, desperate to get rid of these assets. You have got to hold on to what you what you can and uh, uh, prepare for these times. It's going to get harder. It's it's not a if, it's it's a when. It's not a if, it's a when, okay? It's not possibly, it's definitely going to happen. When, I don't know. No one really knows. But just know that it, it is on the way. It is going to happen.
with all of that being said, I'm not going to dwell on the same topic for uh, for too long. I just wanted to bring you guys an update on what's going on with the economy, what are the things you should be looking out for. Uh, once again, uh, when you hear the acronym COLA, I'd say look into it because, you know, it stands for just that. Okay. Um, um, I'm going to just get off the subject and I'm going to... Um, go right into this James Harden fiasco because he demanded his way out of Philly. Uh, he actually landed on the team that he wanted to be on and uh, changes were made. And you know what? Since he got to the Clippers, they have not won. Okay. There's been uh, uh, trouble in the locker room between him and Russell Westbrook. And I hate to say it, but you know what? There was a take. Um, there was a take on James Harden, and at first when I heard, it, I was like, "Man, this guy's kind of being a bit, you know, a bit too harsh." But when you really look at the, he didn't say anything uh, from a personal standpoint. He stuck to all the facts, and seeing how it's impacting the Clippers in a negative way, you really have to consider uh, this man's opinion. I'm going to plug in an audio clip so you guys can kind of get a feel for uh, what I'm what I'm speaking on. And after that clip, I'll dive in a little more with the James Harden situation. Hey, James, you're the problem. You wanted a certain coach they brought in, Mike D'Antoni. You wanted Dwight Howard. They brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. You wanted Chris Paul. They brought him in and got rid of him when you were tired of him. They brought in your old friend, Russell Westbrook. I see the bright lights in New York. I want to go there. My old pal, Kevin Durant. It's going to work, the big three. And all after one year, you wanted out. I went back with Daryl Morey. They traded Ben Simmons for you. How did they pull that off? You went there, and you got a partner who got the MVP. And what did you say afterwards? He said, they didn't hand me the reins. You're the point guard. You were holding the reins. And what did you do when you had the reins? You scored nine points in game seven. They fired their coach. Not good enough. You broke up with the guy believing you again. You said, the bright lights of L.A., that's where I want to go. You're not the beard. You're not the system. You're the problem. There you have it. That's the take I was speaking on. And I will say that, um, you know, like I said, when I first heard it, I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought it was going a little hard, but... When you when you look at the facts, I mean, the guy didn't he didn't lie, all right. He stuck to the facts. Uh, he kind of gave you the blueprint as into how we have landed in L.A. and um, the proof is in the pudding. The the Clippers have yet to win since acquiring James Harden. Okay, they have a a a star studded roster. Um, they have a great coach. Um, so much talent on that team, but unfortunately, they ha they are currently 0-5 since acquiring James Harden. What's the formula to fix it? What's the formula to change that? I don't know. They were doing great with uh, Westbrook starting. Maybe Harden should come off the bench. I don't know how to fix it. Um, But the main reason I want to dive into this is because, in my opinion, James Harden is going to potentially see himself out of the league. Sure, there are many teams that could use a guy like him. There's many teams that could use a guy that could produce and, and get you buckets. Um, by no means do I think James Harden is done. I, I never advocate to get players out of any league. I, I never advocate to get individuals out of any job. I hate to hear coaches getting fired and all of the above. Um, but um, 
Facts are facts. James Harden is not contributing. He is not doing his part on on really in, on any team. He hasn't really, you know, when he was in Philly, you know, he didn't bring to the to that program what they thought he was going to bring in Brooklyn. You know, it was the same same situation. Um and and the list goes on. I mean, other than James Harden on OKC or James Harden in uh in Houston, you know, it hasn't been the same player. You haven't got the same quality of, of performance, the same quality of minutes. It just has not been the same guy. Um, and so he's taking this opportunity and he's not maximizing it. And, you know, I, I believe that at this rate, I don't know where else he can go from, from the Clippers. I don't think that there is another home for him. You know, he might end up, you know, everyone likes to joke about going overseas, you know, going to China. He's going to go play in China. He's going to be in Taiwan. He's going to be... People like to joke about it, um, but that could very much so be a reality. Um, he's not benefiting the team at the moment. Not to say that the gameplay won't change. Not to say that they won't start winning again. But when when you follow his track record, it's not good. I, I don't think he's gonna really want to commit to this program, especially if he's not gonna be the number one option. Just think about they have uh, Kawhi, they have PG thirteen, right? They have Westbrook. Now they have uh, Harden. Right, uh, they got a, they got a solid bench. They got they got uh, some good bigs. What really? What do you bring to this table? What do you bring to this team? If and, and if your impact is not felt immediately, if you're not if you're not bringing direct change to this team, if you're not directly improving us right away, you know we're not sitting here trying to build around a James Harden at this point. So what what does the LA Clippers do next with him? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But I wanted to speak on this because a lot of people find themselves in these positions and they have these opportunities and they squander them. And then they look down the line. They want to blame someone. You can't blame no one but yourself. You you have uh, put in the work to put yourself in a position where teams are wanting to acquire you. But when you show up, you feel like they owe you something. No, they don't owe you anything. You owe them. You owe the fans you owe the sport. You owe the people that support you to give 110% each time you're out there. And uh, to the to to the current date, again, the Clippers are currently zero and five since acquiring uh, James Harden, and um, that's not good. Especially this early in the season, you know, you want these guys to start gelling. They want to, you want them to start building chemistry, and obviously, you want them to start winning. So, uh, for all you LA Clipper fans out there, uh, I would say saddle up. I think it's going to be a long season, and um, you know, you guys are in a tough conference, and I, I just. I don't think this will be the year uh, that the Clippers are actually going to achieve what they've been working so hard for for so many years. Um, but that's my take on James Harden and the Clippers. Um, I'm not really a fan of it because, like I said, the opportunity. But I wanted to speak on it, shed some light. And, and for all my sports people out there, man, don't be the James Hardens of the world, man. You want to go out there, give 100%, take full advantage of whatever opportunities you get. Um which leads me right into Draymond Green. Draymond Green continues, you know, to uh, be Draymond Green. Um, you know, uh, career-wise, his stats have diminished. Um, that could, you know, be part of the reason why he uh, results to the antics that he that he decides to use while on the court. I myself, I don't advocate for any uh, dirty play. 
Um, not to say he did a dirty play. You know, some people say he was coming to the aid of a teammate and all of the above. But uh, if you watch the film, the clip, you know, Draymond pretty much, you know, choked out um, another basketball player who was not even involved physically with the matter. He was actually trying to de-escalate the situation by separating the 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 uh, other two players uh, that were uh, physically involved in the altercation. Draymond just came out and, you know, choked him out. Um, people are giving uh, Carl uh, Anthony Towns a hard time because they're saying he was right there. You know, he should have uh, choked out uh, Draymond for choking out Rudy Gobert. But look, you know what? Carl uh, uh, Anthony Towns is the right thing, right? You don't, you know, you don't fall into the foolery because then they both be ejected. Um, and that hurts the team more. Um, Draymond obviously has a history, a long history of, of, of being very physical on the court. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's known for these things, uh, uh, prior to this, you know, the most recent, uh, incident before this one was with, uh, Jordan Poole, you know, the whole punching, you know, at the practice facility, you know, what led to that, who knows? Um, but just to give you a quick, um, uh, background on, on Draymond, for those of you that are not familiar, um, to let you know what his antics are like on the court. Previously, Charles Barkley held the record for many years as uh, the basketball player with the most ejections in a career. Uh, Draymond Green has surpassed him on that with 18 ejections, okay? And he's still got, I don't know, two, three years left on contract, so I'm pretty sure he'll have one or two more uh, ejections before that's done. So he'll probably hold that record for a while, but... um. Uh, you have to look at uh, it's a five game suspension. Um, do I think that's going to change his behavior? No. Um, Draymond Green is actually the highest fined basketball player of all time, with over a million dollars paid out in fines. So, um, unfortunately, you know it sends the wrong message to the young. The young players coming up, the young players watching you, they think that this is how they are to act on a basketball court. I spoke on this on my previous pod on the influence and the impact that these athletes have. Um, basketball, to me, similar to football. When I think of it, I think of family time, sitting down together, cheering for your team, cheering for your favorite player. You don't want to turn the TV on and see something like that spill over. It's just, it's not a good example. It's not the message you want to send out. Um Fortunately, you know, it was it was uh, placed under control right away. And, you know, from my knowledge, it, it didn't go any further than whatever took place on the court. But it's very messy. It's not good. It's not a good look for the league. So I understand the suspension. Do I think it's going to make a difference? Absolutely not. Um, how you hurt, how you make someone understand that is, I'd say, you know, strip him for the season maybe. But um, that, that can also... Um, uh, impact the outcome of the season for the team because he he does play a significant role on the team he does not produce major points um but that's not what they have him for he's he is the enforcer and as as you see this is why um i don't do i think he's a dirty player no i think he's very physical he's very aggressive um but i i also believe that he's not afraid to do whatever is necessary uh to set the tone and to let the other teams know that, hey, you know, we, we mean business, and uh, no matter what's going on, you're not going to push us around, whether we're undersized or whatever the story is. Um, 
I think uh, his better years already passed him. He he understands that he's just there to uh, play his role, and uh, you know give his team the best opportunity to win when he's on the floor. But with being suspended five games, you're not really helping the team, buddy. You know, um, whatever Clay was involved in, Clay was he's a grown man. Clay Clay's a grown man. I mean, he can hold he can hold it down. I can appreciate you wanting to be there for your teammate, but. Um, it, it it would have been a lot better if you would have done the same thing uh, that Rudy Gobert was trying to do, which was a separate. You should have just grabbed your teammate and pulled him one way. He could have grabbed his, pulled him another way, and maybe no 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 suspensions have to go on. Maybe no fines. Maybe no one has to physically be you know assaulted or, or hurt. Um, but um, that's not the case. You know, again, we, we're talking about grown men acting like young children. Uh, they're in a position of power because of the money that they have. Um, stardom with the the lights, you know, cameras uh, shining on them, and uh, they're doing this, you know, at, at live events. They're doing this on on live TV. So the influence is definitely there. The impact is definitely there. And I just hope that these athletes can actually mature and uh, get it together a bit more. Um, I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to you know rag on athletes, but I I just feel that when you are put in a certain position. Um, these positions come with a certain level of responsibility. And people say, oh, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, you did. You wanted this, okay? You played sports. You knew what you knew what it came with. You knew the responsibilities that it would come with. Um, uh, you, signed, you signed those contracts. You want the big money. You want the lifestyles. And you, you, you must accept the responsibility that comes with it. So for those of you that don't feel that his suspension is just, I'm here to argue that I believe that it is just, but I also not only do I agree with it, I feel like it five days is not or five games, I say it's not enough of a suspension. Um, but that's enough on Draymond, and I'm gonna get right into my next topic. Now that I've covered uh the trade the trades in the NBA and uh surrounding James Harden and the drama with uh, Draymond Green, I like to make this uh brief comparison uh between um uh, Mike Evans and uh, Devontae Adams. And um, the the reason I, I want to even bring this up is because, first of all, these are both two top-tier wide receivers. These guys are both elite uh, talent. These guys um, are incredible with the catches that they're, you know, that they're able to pull in, uh, the footwork, the routes they run. I mean, these guys show up for their teams big every time. Um, and... and both clubs are lucky to have them on their roster. Um, but uh, something stood out to me because uh, Mike Evans is a Super Bowl champion. And sure, people will say, oh, because of Tom Brady. You know what? He he had to be the target for Tom Brady. He had to catch the ball from Tom Brady. He had to score the touchdowns for Tom Brady. He played a significant role. And I, I just feel like uh, Mike Evans doesn't get enough credit um for what he can do on the field, you hear people talk about, oh, he's old. And I'm like, he's old? How? I mean, why don't we say that about Devontae Adams? And I, by the way, I love Devontae Adams. I don't want anyone to think that I dislike Devontae Adams. By no means is that the case. I'm just simply looking at the facts um, because everyone speaks so highly of Adams, but, you know, kind of shuns Mike Evans away at times. And I was just like sitting here looking at, at, at the stats they were drafted and they, they came in the same draft class. Okay. They both came in the same exact year. So they've played the same amount of seasons. Um, and, and in reality, Devontae Adams technically 
has had the better uh, uh, quarterbacks throughout his career. The reason why I say that, he spent a majority of his career at Green Bay. And who was his quarterback there? The great Aaron Rodgers. So he was catching balls from Aaron Rodgers. And uh, just just to kind of put it up, you know, he caught 820 passes for north of 10,000 receiving yards and 90 touchdowns, right? With the exception of the 90 touchdowns, Mike Evans has caught a significantly a, 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 a good amount less than uh, Devontae Adams, but put up more yardage. And I say that because, in fact, it's exactly 100 uh, catches less, 720 receptions for 11,000 receiving yards and 86 TDs versus Adams' 820 receptions for 10,000 yards and 90 TDs. So... uh. When you when you break down a wide receiver, Mike Evans, and sure people say, oh, he had a lot of drops for the and listen, everyone's gonna no one's perfect. Everyone's gonna drop a pass here and there. I, only thing I'm pointing out is that if you go based on catches per yards, Mike Evans gives you the better chance at getting yards than Devontae Adams does. And and again, guys, I don't want you to oh, you hating on Adams. Not at all. I love the guy. I just want to make this comparison. I live in Tampa now. I do support the Bucks. Everyone knows I'm a Bills fan, but I do support the Bucks uh, because they're the local home team. And, you know, hey, when the Bills ain't on, the Bucks are on. So, therefore, I, I'll, I'll support either one. Um, or should I say I support the Bills, but I'll support the Bucks whenever they're on. Um, and I just want to say that because Mike Evans doesn't get enough credit, man. He's, he's a great uh, wide receiver. He gets he gets at it. He doesn't matter what you ask of him. Cross that middle, you know, you know, he can smoke guys. He got that type of speed. Uh, you know, he can catch, he can do the toe tap, he can do it all. You know, he he he's physically uh able to uh block uh these corners, you know, when his run when in the run game. I mean Mike Evans is he's uh definitely a top tier, you know, top um top talent. He's an elite wide receiver and I just wanted to share that. And um just as a bonus, um being that I had to mention the Bills, um I want to I want to shed light on something that uh, isn't sitting well with me. And Bill's Mafia, you guys can get mad at me all you want, but if you're a true uh, uh, football fan and you truly understand what you're looking at, um, I'm, I'm sure that you guys can agree with this. And I'm getting at the firing of the offensive coordinator uh, for the Bills. And, you know, if you ask me, I do not agree with it. At all, because the play calling wasn't the problem. If you look at the yardage that's gained per play, if you look at the first downs per game, if you look at all of these things, the the OC was putting together a good offensive plan. It was a balanced attack. Um, But what ultimately tends to hurt the team, and I hate to say this, but it is Josh Allen's big arm. Okay, everyone loves to talk about his big arm, but he has 11 interceptions this season. He has 11 interceptions this season. Someone please explain to me how is this uh the coordinator's fault? Can can someone make that make sense for me? He called the play. It's Josh Allen's job to uh make the proper read. 
Is it not? If he's putting the ball uh, for, uh, if he's putting the ball up in the air in danger, then why, why is that the OC's fault? That doesn't make sense to me. Okay, uh, James Cook, right? I love the guy. He's a good running back. He he does what he needs to do for us. Okay, but he's got two fumbles this season. Okay, how is that the OC's fault? The turnovers has re have really, really hurt us. Sure, we've had, you know, some plays stall out. Every team has plays stall out. We've lost games by one point, by a field goal. Doesn't matter. If if the Bills are as good as they are and they have plenty of weapons, these games shouldn't even be close. They shouldn't even be close. But what keeps teams hanging around is these turnovers. We keep turning the ball over, okay? What about the defense? What's going on with the defensive coordinator? And I get it. We got guys that are out. We still don't have Manalo back and things of that nature. And, and I understand that, okay? I understand our defense is, is a bit depleted right now. But how I'm, I'm never for someone being fired. I just spoke on this when I was speaking on, uh, uh, you know, the James Harden situation. I'm not for guys being fired or, any, or anything like that. But if, if you should be looking at anybody, I'm saying look at Josh Allen's arm and how he keeps putting the ball in harm's way. I would say look at the defensive coordinator because the defense has been giving up more points and yards than we have in the last three seasons. That's what I'd be looking at. I wouldn't be looking at my OC. I wouldn't fire my OC. You know, you want to set the tone. You want to send a message. You say, hey, not, not a single player is bigger than this team. Hey, Josh, get your head in the game, and we're going to help you. You're going to sit down for a game or two. And you're going to watch the backup come out here and, and give it his best shot. And maybe that makes Josh protect the ball a little more. People say, oh, that's crazy. You might lose those games. Have you not been tuning in? Have you not been tuning in? We're, we're just winning games and we're losing games that we, should, and that we should be winning. So what do you have to lose? At this point, we probably don't even make the playoffs at this point. People say, oh, it's the Madden curse. It ain't the Madden curse. It's Josh Allen. Forcing the ball to Stephon Diggs when he's in double and triple coverage. It makes no sense. You have so many targets. Gabe uh, Davis, right? You have Dawson Knox, okay? We have uh, the new uh, tight end that just came off. He's been coming up big for us. Uh, uh, newly drafted Kincaid, right? James Cook does his thing out of the backfield. You have so many targets. Josh Allen can actually grab, he can tuck the ball, and he can run for a first down. But instead, he elects to put the ball in harm's way. And that's that pains me as a Bills fan. It pays me to watch him do this, and this is week after week after week after week. So uh, I, this wasn't part of the uh, uh, the agenda. This wasn't part of uh, the itinerary for 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 this part. But I can't help myself. I had to had to put it out there, um, you know. And again, I I love my Bills, and I, I love I love what uh, Josh Allen does for the team. When, when it's working, but when it's not working, boy, does that boy, does he really work me up because to watch him make those, at this point, you can't even call them mistakes. You know, at this point, you can't even call them mistakes. It's just bad habits, lack of discipline. But um, that's enough before the Bills Mafia uh, disowns me and says uh, I'm not a true Bills fan. I, like I said, I love, I love the Bills. I love my team, but I'm just keeping it real with y'all, man. Um, you know, I believe we have the potential, we have the talent, but that's not enough. We need, we need, uh, obviously, we need a lot more to get over that hump. But uh, 
I'm going to leave this piece here and I'm going to move on to my next uh, my next segment, which is um, the the school systems um, throughout the country. I can't speak about the world, but I can speak about the country and um, uh, the lack of respect that's uh, given to these teachers that show up day after day, week, week after week, uh, you know, to teach our children and uh, educate them and Sure, no school system is perfect, no teacher is perfect, but there are some out there that are actually trying their hardest to educate our youth, and uh, these teachers don't get the support necessary from the parents of these children. So these children are, are unruly, they're disrespectful, some of them are violent, and it makes it really difficult. And what happens is when you allow a child to get away with this at this age, it only gets worse as they become adults because this is what they know. Um, I'm going to play a clip. It's a bit disturbing. It's, um, I think it's like a, th a third, fourth, maybe fifth grader. And, uh, you know, the language, I, I will say, I will advise anyone that is uh, underage, hey, man, you may want to cover your ears. Uh, you know, parental discretion is advised for this clip. Um, disturbing is... If you see the video, it's it's even more disturbing when you when you can see the look on the teacher's face. And uh, because it's in Chicago, Illinois, I'm pretty sure these teachers have a lot of pressure on them on how they handle these children because of the the, the type of violence that takes place in these places. So uh, I'm gonna play this clip and um, I'll, I'll dive in a little more afterwards. Well, I'd like to see you come up here and do one of these problems. Fuck up talking to me, And so, yeah, man, uh, this clip got my attention because um, it 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 uh, pains it pains me to 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 see it. It pains me to hear it, and um, it's a sad it's a sad thing to see. Unfortunately, um, you know that's like I said, this is a ten, maybe a nine year old boy, and um, something is troubling him. Something is causing such a reaction, you know, but um. It is uh, it's unfair to the teacher who's there trying to uh, help educate this child, help this child develop and uh, make something better out of him so he can have a better future and, and not have to be uh, such a way. And um, it starts it starts at home. And unfortunately, these teachers don't feel like they can reach reach out to parents because parents become so defensive automatically. They never want to hear anything about the children um, if 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 you say anything that uh, that they don't like or that they don't approve of, they automatically feel like you have something against their child, and it's it's not that at all. I don't think a person that doesn't like children is going to go into an industry where they are underpaid and they have to sit there and uh, endure this type of uh, behavior and attitude and abuse from a child. It's it's insane to me. Um, I also feel for that child because, like I said, there's got to be something triggering that. There's got to be something that's uh, making him feel that he's trying to vent. Um, I, I see so many red flags in that video that just 
you know, it it pains me for the teacher, but it also pains me for that child. And um, we we need to do better. We need to uh, connect with the youth. We need to connect with our children a lot better so they can understand um, when they're wrong and, uh, you know, when they're right. You know, unfortunately, uh, now uh, nowadays, uh, people don't get praised for when they do things right or when they do things, you know, when they do good things. But they're quick to call you out when you mess up on something. And I believe that that, that can play a role. That can play a role as well. So, um, you know, let's try to do better. Um, I'm working on some sort of a big brother program where, um, you know, we can uh, do some outreach to youth, the troubled youth, and uh, just show them a better way. Um, I'm actually looking for a few candidates that would be interested in taking part of this program. So if you are interested, you can uh, reach me at uh, fixprotips at gmail.com and uh, just let me know, you know, some of your your uh, your interests, what your background is. And, um, you know, if, if we are able to move forward, just know that uh, be prepared to be screened because everyone must be screened uh, when you're talking about dealing with the youth, um, especially at-risk youth. And, um, you know, if, if you're interested in, in, in being a part of this program, man, like I said, just reach out to me, fixprotips at gmail.com and uh, I'll, I'll be sure to shoot over uh, the rest of the information to you guys. Y'all, so with that being said, it leads me down to my final segment of this part, which is exactly uh, um, what most people are dealing with these days. To some degree, uh, there's some folks that are dealing with it don't even know what it is that they're dealing with, um, and that is uh, mental health. And um, I speak with a lot of people. I give a lot of advice. Um, I always speak solely from my personal experience. I tell everyone I am not a doctor. I am not a professional. So, you know, anything that I say, you know, it's it's coming from my personal experience. It's coming from things that uh, I've done research on, things that I've studied. Um, me personally, I, I hate to hear someone say, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with such and such. And uh, they, they prescribe me this. They prescribe me that. I personally um, am against, you know, uh, these medications because of the side effects, because of the long-term effects that it has on on your body. Uh, it breaks you down. So um, if they're just giving you something to numb you so that, you know, you're, you're kind of checked out for most part of the day, they didn't fix the problem. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest issue that I have with it. Most people, they aren't really addressing um, the problem. And um, they're just kind of putting a Band-Aid on it. And so what I've come to uh, to learn, the conclusion I've come to is that um, for most people, in fact, I think for all people, if you just exercised more often, um, if you got yourself going, I, I can guarantee you that you will reap the benefits um, and that your mental health will slowly start to diminish. And uh, if you ask why... I'll tell you, it's it's pretty, actually pretty simple. And again, fact check everything I tell you. But, um, you know, when you uh, when you exercise, it causes your brain to release uh, like these feel good chemicals. Right. And um, uh, when you when you release these feel good uh, chemicals, it improves your mood. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm, I'm talking about like serotonin and uh, uh, endorphins, things of that nature. They will improve your mood and um and when you improve your mood, well, guess what? You don't have time to be depressed. You don't have time to have anxiety. You don't have time because you feel better, okay? 
by exercising, you would uh, you would increase your heart rate. And when you increase your heart rate, it actually has a reverse effect on you. Right. So people that have like uh, brain damage uh, due to uh, stress induced illnesses. Right. Like you're going to stimulate uh, uh, the production of the of uh, of the blood flow and um, and, and you're going to just feel better uh, altogether. Right. Because uh, when you stimulate uh, the neural hormones. It, it has a positive effect on you versus a negative effect. So the depression that you feel, that anxiety that you feel by going to, you don't even have to go to a gym. You can take a walk. You can jog. You can ride a bike. Whatever whatever you have access to, you can do these things, and they will help improve your mental health. Now, sure, there are other things that can go along with it. Uh, therapy, whether you're speaking to someone, whether you're writing things down, whatever, whatever works for you. But I'm saying that you don't necessarily have to be indulging on, on these medications um, because for the most part, the medications, they just check you out, man. They don't do anything. They don't fix the problem. They just check you out. You become so numb that you're not even able to identify, you know, what's what. And and so that's why I tell people all the time, if if you can avoid it, you know, uh, uh, avoid it at all costs. Don't take these pills. Work out, man. Because, oh, how, how does this help me? Well, look, guess what? Oh, people say, I can't sleep at night. But when you exercise, if you first of all, I've been promoting the 5 a.m. club, all right? So I'm going to show you how this all ties in together, okay? If if you join the 5 a.m. club, that means you're waking up at 5 a.m., right? I, I myself, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm up and running by 5, so I'm actually up before 5. But if you join the 5 a.m. club, okay, you start to break it down. What does the 5 a.m. club do? It, well, it gives you a head start, all right, on your day for everything, okay? For, 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 for you, time just for you, for you to... Gather your thoughts, process everything, put it in place. You know, what's what's the goal of the day? What is it you out there to do for that day? Okay, give you time for people say, I don't have time to go to the gym after work. Okay, well then you go before work. Okay. So you wake up at 5 a.m. All right. You pray, okay? Get your prayer on, all right? Reach out to God on a regular basis. Pray, 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 pray. No one can give you the strength you need like the Lord can. Okay, uh, 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 seek him wholeheartedly and he will give you the tools you need to get through the challenges. Okay, that is that is the, the best thing I can tell you. Okay, so prayer, waking up early. Okay, exercising frequently. People say, oh, well, I can't sleep at night because of my anxiety. Well, guess, what? guess what? You wake up at 5 a.m. and you have a full day and you exercise. You're going to be tired at night. So it's going to help you sleep better, okay? When you wake up, you're going to be more energized. So you don't have time up around, oh, I don't have the energy for this. No, no, you're going to feel great. You're going to have that, all that blood flowing, okay? It's going to help you feel better. When, when you start to get better results physically, okay, it builds your self-esteem, okay? It makes you physically stronger, which makes you more resilient to things, okay? You're no longer going to feel exhausted and tired from, like, little things or or when 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 there's chaos around you because you put yourself to such a vigorous uh, exercise or, or because you challenge yourself, you, you won't be easily overwhelmed, okay? And the last thing you're going to do is you, you're definitely not going to feel uh, uh, helpless. You're not going to feel hopeless because you know the things that you put yourself through. Okay, waking up at 5 a.m. Sure, at first it might be hard, okay? You might have some bad habits that you need to break out of. You might be staying up till 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, guess what? That's not going to happen if you go work out. If you actually ex exert your body and you burn off this, this negative energy that you might have, that you might be feeling blue about something, you can go in there. Guess what? You get a good workout. 
by the time you're done with that workout, you you don't have time to think about what had you feeling blue. You're going to feel better overall, okay? So for me personally, this is something that I will tell people. You start to work out, it will improve your mood. It will improve your anxiety. It will improve all of these things that you have a problem with. It will definitely make you better overall. And, and I know some people say, oh, it's easy for you. To, no, it's not easy for me to say. I'm telling you guys from personal experience, okay? I've overcome uh, a lot of personal challenges. I've been through a lot of different adversities. And guess what? Fitness has always been a thing that I can always turn to no matter what's going on in life when, when you go work out. And, and right now, I'm currently actually out of shape, okay? And that, for me, has been a struggle. But guess what? I've made a conscious effort to get myself back in the gym. I've made a conscious effort to start training with people again. And these are the things that keep me going. This, this is where I find joy. That's like my happy place. Going to the gym is like a happy place for me, right? You can go. You can work out, lift weights. You can beat up on the bat. You can skip the rope. You can run. You can jump in the pin. You can swim. Whatever, whatever it is that gets you going, you find it and you get it going. If you like art, then you can draw, you can paint. If you like music, you can write, you can sing, you can produce. Find something that's going to remove you from that darkness, okay? But I would, I would definitely say start exercising. That is going to help you uh uh, find the solution naturally, organically. Your body, your body is designed to protect itself from anything that isn't beneficial. So guess what? The mental health thing is not beneficial for you, not mentally, physically, emotionally. All of these things impact you, okay? Believe it or not, the things you put in your body, okay? Be more conscious, okay? Go back to, to my earlier pods. Go listen to 3D Vision, okay? Discipline, dedication, determination, okay? You apply the three Ds and you will find success, okay? You add the, the fitness, right? So you become disciplined, dedicated, and determined to, to, to do your fitness journey, okay? And, and by following this fitness journey, then you, you incorporate uh, discipline in the things you eat, okay? Stop putting the poison into your body. Stop eating, uh, eating out every day. Stop buying the fast food. Stop eating the fried chicken, okay? It's okay to have it from time to time, but every day you're just feeding poison to your body over and over and over and over. And guess what? Your body wants to physically shut down on you. The body will talk to you, let you know, hey, I don't like this. And you're not listening. So guess what? It's going to trigger other negative things in your body. Okay? So it starts with, with how you decide to approach it. Okay? Mind over matter. Okay? The, the physical pain of, of exercising is temporary. Okay? It's just weakness leaving the body. And that's the best way to approach it. Just get up every day. Get after it. 5 a.m. Join the 5 a.m. club, guys. If you're interested, uh, email me, fixprotips at gmail.com. I will shoot you over the full list of what it's going to take to be a part of the 5 uh, the five a.m. club. I will be there to uh, support you the entire way. I lead by example. So, you know, there'll be a live video available if you need to chat, if you need to get anything going for the first 30 days for sure. When you join the 5 a.m. club, I will be there with you you know, practically holding your hand step by step, um, um, making sure that you, you find comfort and that you're able to succeed in the 5 a.m. club because this is not for everybody. It is not for everybody. How bad do you want it? Practice the three Ds, discipline, dedication, determination, and that's going to allow you to find your niche. That's going to allow you to find that comfort zone. That's going to allow you to grow to a level that at times we don't even think we can reach. Sometimes we uh we belittle ourselves. Sometimes we shoot our own dreams down. Sometimes we don't believe in our own goals. Okay? And that's why I say start start at five AM, man. Wake up. Okay, thank God for another day. Okay? 
Get yourself together. Gather your thoughts. Brush your teeth. Whatever it is. If you like your coffee in the morning, make your coffee. Have your coffee. Sit down. Enjoy that coffee. The problem is a lot of y'all aren't enjoying life because you have to be at work at 8 and you're waking up at 7.20 to rush out the door to try to be at work at 8. So your coffee is is gonna it's either gonna be uh, uh it's it's gonna sit there too long or not long enough you're gonna get burnt you uh, you forgot to put the the cream with the sugar whatever whatever it is you like with that coffee oh man you left your your bagel on the table or or you like a donut with it whatever it is oh you left it behind why because you were busy rushing wake up at five a.m. take you a cold shower it's gonna wake you up it's gonna shock the body it's gonna force you to wake up okay. People say, oh, cold. yeah, take your cold shower. A lot, a lot, a lot of benefits in that, okay? You slow the heart rate down, okay? People actually, it's been proven scientifically. Again, fact check everything I say. People that take cold baths, cold showers in the morning tend to live longer. Many, many health benefits, okay? Helps you uh, uh, shed weight faster. If you're on a fitness journey, you want to lose weight, cold showers is a great way to go, okay, to help you uh, uh, lose weight. Obviously, it wakes you up. You're more focused, more alert, and it's great for healing. It's a great healing factor. It's a great way to heal the body. You've been in the gym. You feel sore. People say, oh, hot water loosens the muscles. Yeah, it ain't doing nothing, okay? Take you a, a cold shower. Take you a, a cold bath. And the body will heal faster. You will you will reap all of these benefits. Start your day nice and fresh with a clear mind. And, and again, focus on the goal of the day. What is today's goal? What are you looking to accomplish today? That should be what you focus on. People have five-year plans, and that's great. You should have a five-year plan in place. But you don't go from today to five years. So you got to have a daily goal, weekly goal, monthly goal, quarterly goal, yearly goal. That's that's how you reach your final destination. If you don't if you don't plan for success, you can certainly plan to fail. There's, there's there's no other option. There's no other way around it, okay? This is, a, a you know, a, a topic that I'm going to continue to revisit. Um, people around me personally, I know the struggle with uh, the mental health aspect. And because I see the people around me struggle, it makes me struggle because I, I try to give them my strength. I try to get them to see it my way. I, I try to get them to feed off my energy. But unfortunately, everyone's fight, everyone's journey is different. And all you could do is be there to support them. And so I want to bring this, not just because the ones that are, are, are close to me, but because I know there's so many more around the world that could use these tips, that could use this advice, okay? When someone's trying to push you to do better, don't be mad at them. They actually, they, they see you in a, in, a, in a greater light than you see yourself, and that's why they challenge you to be great. That's all it is. It's, don't take it personal. When someone says, hey, man, you could do better, they literally mean that. They're not trying to be little. They're not trying to. They literally mean they want to see you win. There aren't many people out there trying to see you win. All right. So there you have it. You know, there you have it. This is uh, this is uh, episode tied to COLA, which is a acronym for cost of living adjustment. I, I obviously touch on other things because for those of you that are not familiar with me, for those of you that are hearing my voice for the first time, the name of my part is called Figs Pro Tips, Business, Sports, and Entertainment. And I, I try to cover all three in every part. I'm trying to uh, work on the structure, so I'm, 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 a, bit, I'm a bit uh 
better prepared as I deliver this message. I don't try to dive in too deep on anything because uh, I've I've kind of uh, gotten feedback and I appreciate the feedback that I get from everyone. And I, 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 um, I never get offended by your comments and the things that you have to say. I'm actually going to start a new segment moving forward where I'm going to select one or two emails um, from my audience and I'm going to read them. Um, I'm gonna read them live on the pod and I'm gonna answer you live on the pod and then you know when it when it comes out you guess you can get your responses. Although I am good at responding to the emails, so you will most likely have a response long before I even put out the episode. But um it's just something that I wanna do, something I wanna dive into, kinda connect more with my audience because I appreciate you guys lending me an ear. There's so much more you could be doing out there and instead, you know, you give me an hour or so of your time each time I put out a pod and I really appreciate you guys. Um, it feels great to have support in my home, you know, my in my own hometown, my home country, my you know, but when I when I look and I see support, you know, out in Japan, uh Croatia, uh um the United Kingdom, uh there's so many other places, uh Germany, um Australia. Uh I'm sorry guys, this is it's such a it's such a long list. I don't have it in front of me right now, but when I when I look at these places and I it makes me feel good simply because I know that my message is not being held locally. My message is actually being spread all over the place and, and that's what I want. I want to bring this positivity. I want to bring this energy. I want to bring uh um this knowledge, this information to as many people as I can, regardless of where you're from, what your religion is, or what what language you speak. As a, hey, as long as you got some sort of translator that helps you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth right now, I feel blessed. I feel fortunate that you would allow me your ear. You would allow me your time to take in this message. With that being said, I'm your host, Coach Fig. Uh, once again, this part will be titled Cola cost of living adjustment we're all dealing with economic hardship and uh i I just like to uh keep you guys enlightened keep you guys informed and hopefully keep you guys entertained thank you for your time peace love and blessings god bless to all catch you in the next one